Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Beards and Bulldust podcast. Uh, my name is Scott and we have Aiden. Hello. <laughs> Super excitement on a Sunday. Uh, yes, welcome to the episode. Um, interesting things this week that have happened. Has been a whole lot of rain. Yeah. The endless fucking rain. Uh, people in like Brisbane having... PTSD from the last time it had non-stop rain. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of people. There was like sandbags galore everywhere and stuff. And yeah. people having panics and businesses closing because of the weather event. Um, I managed to walk in it this morning. I don't think it was that much of a weather event. Yeah. Um, I did a 17-kilometer 17 17 walk today. Yeah. This morning. Took me nearly four hours. Jeez. Yeah, um, just round around in circles, but uh, it was pretty good to get out, trying to do 100 kilometres for uh, the Darkness to Daylight Challenge, which oh. is a challenge thing they do each year, it culminates in like a corporate walk thing um, they do on I think the 31st in the city at like bloody 4 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah. Uh, to to raise awareness about domestic violence. So I am currently trying to get the kilometres up on that because I'm behind because I haven't been able to walk because of the rain when it was heavily raining. Yeah. So this morning I had to sort of do a double lap um, and halfway through find a toilet, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which was interesting. But I found a park, so it was all cool. But that's the perils of walking in the early hours of the day wasn't really much open at that point in time on a Sunday morning. Anything interesting from you? Oh, I went to a sleepover. Yeah. Friends place. Technically not really a sleepover because you really didn't sleep that much. Well, Technically a yeah. snooze over. Three hours <laughs> sleep. <laughs> yeah. The good old sleepovers. I don't know why they call them a sleepover because it's not like many people sleep when it happens. Well, everyone does. It was just me and a few other people that didn't. Yeah, yeah. Ah, well. Didn't go to sleep. Yeah. You've got plenty of time to sleep when you're older. Uh, on to some car news. So uh, Ford have announced that they're developing a lithium-ion phosphate battery. So different to what everyone else is sort of using at the moment. Well, not everyone. There's a few people using this battery. But it, it, it's meant to have better recharge and be cheaper and stuff like that. Lower range, though. Wait, for electric... Cars? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they're going to bring them out on their Mark E Mustangs. Oh, I hope it blows up. I really hope that it blows and, up. And their F, what is it, the F-150 Lightning or something? I hope that they both blow up. So, it's, uh, that's the way they're going. So, if you want one, it's the Mustang will probably turn out like the four-cylinder Mustang because it'll have batteries in it that don't have really good range. Um, aren't very powerful in a really big and heavy car. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. I'm scratching every single one I see. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm not actually so I don't get I don't know arrested or something. Yeah. But I'm gonna say as a joke, if I have keys on me, I'm going to scratch their paint. Hmm. Well, you could just call it adding like the electric effect. Like you can just say you're doing like pinstriping on the side or something. Yeah. To give it like. I'm giving it some electricity. Yeah, like electricity. Um, on to uh, the Fiat 
So the Abarth 124 Spider has been recalled. Oh, uh, what's wrong with it? Uh, dodgy fuel pump. People found out that it's a Miata and they didn't want it anymore. Yeah, they've, they've probably realised that the Fiat badge can actually cause damage just by itself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they have a dodgy fuel pump and the only downside to that is your car could conk out and it could become a danger on the road. Much like every other Fiat on the road. Yeah. Because um, they could conk out at any time. Um, I, I, on from that, I tried to research some other car news and I couldn't really find anything because everyone is, is releasing their boring-ass cars at the moment. Yeah. There's nothing really exciting. The most exciting thing, I think, was like a Phantom, like Rolls-Royce Phantom Series 2 or something. Yeah. Or Shadow Series 2, I'm not sure. Well, I can't wait to get one of those in the future. Yeah, yeah. It's just for oh, the, yeah. just for the people there who are on a tight budget. Rolls-Royce are bringing out a new car. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, I saw, I already sent you this, but um, mm. as I was sleeping over, I saw pictures on the official GR, like, Gazoo Racing Instagram. Mm. Mm. Um, there's maybe probably going to be a GR Prius. Because mm. there's a Prius with GR shit on it. Yeah, yeah, which is rubbish. Um, I've seen they're trying to push, um, push Toyota to remake the Celica. Oh, watch um, it be fucking dog shit. Yeah, yeah. It'll it's going to be an SUV. It'll be shitty, fucking not a Celica. It's going to be an NA four-cylinder crossover hatchback that's like a Toyota Yaris mm. engine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Celica yeah. Thunder. With a GR badge on it. Just to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to make it seem sporty. Uh, on to... Um, Onto some more political stuff. So we all know the political campaign is coming to an end. Hooray! Um, they've all got all their smear campaigns out today. I've seen everyone's Scomo can't do shit ones and Albanese's. It's not going to be easy with Albanese. Yeah, yeah. It's just all the ones that just all shit. Um, but thankfully, that's coming to an end. Another couple of days, they'll all be gone. Uh, they'll have to take them down. You won't be able to see them. On from that, on Saturday. If you don't vote early, you have to go and vote as an adult. So I thought I'd quickly explain what that actually means because some young people may not have um, gone to a polling booth or understand voting or anything like that. And some of it's not that exciting. But effectively, everyone will grok up on Saturday, um, have a democracy sausage, which is what all schools seem to do now, is have yeah. a barbecue. You'll go in, you have to tell them your name and give them ID and they mark you off on a little roll thingy like you're back in school again. Uh, and they give you your forms. And they'll give you a a form for the Senate, which are probably fucking huge, and House of Representatives be small. All the opposite way around. I can't quite fucking remember because I don't pay much attention to which one's which. Anyway, they both have different types of things you've got to fill out. One you fill out, all of them, one through to six or seven in order. And the order matters. And the other ones, you have a big, massive fucking list of every party and every person. And that'll have, like, the motorsport party. And it'll have the adult sex toys party. And it'll have the gum party. And it'll have the weed party. And it'll have then the main parties. It's, it's some of the parties. I think there's the pirate party. Yeah, that's the only one that yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, there's the pirate party. So there's there's heaps, right? They, they, all, they all run. And you have different ways of filling those out. Um, they all have different ways. You mark above the line for just the party, or you mark below the line, and you pretty well put everyone in order. 
Um, now, the reason you have to put everyone in order on both of those things is because there's a silly little thing called preferential voting. So in most of the votes and stuff, they'll do a first count. The person with the most votes is like the fucking first round winner. The person with the least votes gets knocked out. And their vote gets passed on to all those that remain and so on and so forth until there's only one clear winner. So really confusing way. Both houses actually do it differently. So the poor people who do the voting have to count these things differently because they have different rules and requirements around it, which is why it can take some time. So most within 24 hours, we'll sort of know which government we're going to have, generally speaking. We might not know the exacts, but they'll... If one ha- one party gets enough numbers to form a government, then it doesn't fucking matter what everyone else has got jumbled up in it. You've got a government. Yeah. That'll happen in about one to two days. What will generally happen is the party that doesn't win or realise it's not fucking won, ring the other dude. So, you know, whether it's ScoMo or Albanese, you'll ring the other dude and go, congratulations, you've won, and go have a beer. And then the rest of the counting happens. Some of the counting can take a while if it's close because they have to go and get all the postal votes and they have to get all the early votes and they have to get, you know, whatever other voting's happened, um, especially deployed people overseas. They have to get those back, count those, so they can take a little while. So if it's really, really close, it could drag on for about a week. Um, but generally, generally speaking, it's 24 to 48 hours, job done. So by the time this gets to next week, we'll either have... Prime Minister we have now or Albanese uh-huh. realistically because the independents won't be able to form a majority government they won't get all the votes Yeah. Um, your major party get the bigger part of the votes it'd be fantastic if you could have an independent Prime Minister but you wouldn't have a functioning government he would have to get support from someone and therefore he really wouldn't have control over the government so everyone's pushing vote for independence which I think is fantastic I ran as independent for council Great if you vote for independence, but you need to realise they won't be able to form a functioning majority government, which means we'll go back to voting probably in like three months' time. Yeah. Because old mate who runs for the Pirate Party and becomes fucking Prime Minister won't be able to do shit, and they'll all go, he's fucking no good. Go to the Governor-General and go, he's no good, piss him off, and we go back and we vote again. So, yeah. Whilst I'm more for independence, people need to realise that the... The electoral process effectively rules them out because they can't form a majority government unless all the independents get in and all the independents work together, um, which is fucking highly unlikely. Yeah, that you're gonna get like all the independents win. Um, that would have to be a major reversal on what the historical voting process is, um, and older generations will generally vote for the major parties anyway. Yeah. So, you know, their, their votes will overrule and, and and be too numbersome for anyone else. So that's as exciting as I wanted to make that because I was just I just wanted to roughly go through it. Um, I tried to read up on it and understand it myself and I found it too fucking confusing. One of them has maths in it. I'm working out how many votes wins. Uh. There's like an equation. And any bloody political process that requires an equation is flawed. They need to remove it. It's just first past the post. You get the votes, you're the winner. Only fucking numbers and calculations and maths. Maths has no bearing on politics. 
except when they're working how much money they give out. Right. On to tips for young bucks. So what I'm going to talk about is uh, that your path of success is dependent on your willingness to do hard things. Now, this is over the course of your whole lifetime. Once you're fine, when you become um, an adult and say you become quite successful in your field, say you become a mechanic, you become a tuner and you, you build engines or whatever, yeah. you will notice people who fucking do jack shit versus those that work their asses off. So people who do jack shit can generally fumble their way probably through the first half of their career. They can generally get themselves along and they can generally get some progress in their career and work their way up a chain or whatever might, they might want to do. But when they get about halfway through their career, that's when it starts to fall down for them. So I've seen it, I've seen it in plenty of people, is that they don't do the hard things, they try and take the easy path, they try and take the quick wins. And as their career progresses, it gets to a point where the people who have worked their asses off and have probably been trying to catch up to them for all that time, past them. Because the ability to deliver is what becomes important after a period of time. So get used to doing like hard things when you're working younger and learn from those hard things and doing those hard tasks. Some of them you're going to fail at. I failed a fucking heaps. But if you get used to doing hard things and you get comfortable in that space of you know, being willing to take on hard work and do hard work, then you're going to see benefits and results later on down the line. Yeah. So try and get used to it. Try and do it. It's going to be difficult. Can't make any apologies for that. It's just how freaking is. But it has benefits and it will be beneficial to you in many years to come. On to my stoic quote. I decided to grab another one from Mr. Epictetus. It's because he's my favorite at the moment. So this one is uh, progress in progress is not achieved by luck or accident, by but by working on yourself daily. That so, makes sense. Yeah. So if you work on yourself daily, right, and you work on whatever skills or development or whatever you're doing, your progress gets achieved just by doing it again and again and again yeah um you won't you know in, in playing my my lap steals and stuff i still have a long way to go in learning how to play them properly and and get the sounds down properly but i'm making progress and i'm making progress because i play nearly every single day or the night as it is at the moment pretty well seven days a week i play it and yeah. some of the playing is is shit the the sounds and the the, the music is is not good um but i kept doing it and i'm making progress and i'm and i'm finding sounds and i'm and i'm getting some repetition into those sounds which is what i'm trying to achieve and that's done by progress and that's by working on it daily yeah so it's the same with things like fitness and stuff i struggle with my fitness because i don't do it daily when I do start doing it daily, I get benefits from it. Yeah, you know, just accidentally wake up and holy shit, I'm a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't sort of accidentally wake up and go, fucking hell, I'm a lawyer. Where'd that shit come from? Or, you know, just wake up and instantly have a Lamborghini in your yard. Wow. I mean, if you did, you, you probably got drunk the night before and stole it and it's not yours. But, you know, you, 
your progress won't be done by luck or accident. You know, people can be lucky and and have their talent found, but that doesn't mean they've had to work. You know, they've, they've not had to work on it. They've actually had to put the effort in. So that's sort of what that one means. Courtesy of Epictetus. All right, on to Australia's Prime Ministers. It's cracking along with this episode because I don't really want it to be a long one. Um, today's Prime Minister is Harold Holt. The big H. I think I know him as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, one Harold Holt, he was born on the 5th of August 1908 in Stanmore. Um, that makes him the first Prime Minister to be born in the 20th century. Oh. And the first one to be born after Federation. Yeah. So he was actually born after Federation. Um, did most of his schooling in Sydney, and his parents moved around and, and eventually separated, but he did most of his schooling in Sydney, same with family and whatnot. Did some college and law school in Melbourne, so not another lawyer, as you would expect. He he started his own practice in Melbourne, but really, really struggled through the Depression. Um, you know, when people don't have money, they're, they're not needing a lawyer. So he did a few things with a different, few different associations, and that got him some sort of street cred. And he managed to get some clients and some partners and stuff like that and built his practice up. Uh, entered Parliament in 1935. So he was elected into Parliament in 1935, but lost, it was exited in 1940 when the, I guess, the new coalition was formed and he was ousted because Arthur Fadden was put in, who later came, became Prime Minister. Yeah. So he was sacrificed for Arthur Fadden in the first instance. Um, Whilst, you know, that that sort of was all occurring, he had already joined the militia because we were now getting, that was you know, around World War Two time. Yeah. So he joined the militia and he was basically, a, a, he was a gunner, a gunner. So he was a gunner at um, like a, a, a school regiment type thingy for professionals. They basically just stuffed about with some old cannons. Oh. That's all. But after that, so after 40, he enlisted in the Australian Imperial Force. He was actually going to become, his his intent was to go and become a full-time soldier and go to war. Yeah. That was his intent. Again, he, he, he joined artillery as a gunner for the 2nd, 4th Field Regiment. So he had full intentions of training and going to war. Um, but before he could, the Canberra air disaster happened. And that was that big plane crash that killed the military people and the, the, the ministers. And as a fallout of that, because of that, there was, there was positions for him to be able to contest at the next election election. Yeah. So he did that and he actually won, um, which meant he sort of, he formally resigned and stuff like that. From, from military service and went to take on um, his placement in Parliament. So that was, you know, that was, what was that, 39, 40-something, 40 40-ish? Can't remember. Never mind. From that time on, right through to 1953-54, he was largely in the opposition. So he wasn't in the main part of the government. He was in the opposition. He held a few 
um, sort of committee positions and stuff like that. He was in the military spending committee for how much money we were committing to different conflicts, you know, like Korea and, and early part for Vietnam and stuff like that. Like he was involved in those things. A few other bits and pieces, but he really was just sort of there in attendance. Uh, in 1954, though, he was named one of Australia's six best-dressed men. Wow. I don't know who buy, like, a newspaper or something. I don't think there was any men's magazines or something. It might have been Women's Day or something. Huh. Um, doesn't say which number he was, whether he was one or six. But anyway. It's, wow. And a prime minister who was well-dressed. He was well-dressed, one of the six best-dressed men in Australia. In 1956, he became the deputy leader of the Liberal Party. And then when they became, when they won the election and got back into office, he was the treasurer from 1958 to 1966. Um, he didn't have no interest in economics, didn't like any of that, hated doing budgets, hated all that, relied on all these advisors and support staff to actually do it all. He basically, when it was all being done, just stayed home. So not the greatest treasurer. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a few of his budgets that he delivered that he was actually surprised actually got accepted. So, you know, that's a good surprise. Following Menzies' retirement in 1966, uh, Harold Holt was sworn in as Prime Minister on January 26. Later on that year, there was another election which, which they won, and then they got about doing some constitutional change. So they did some constitutional changes that actually gave greater recognition in some part and varied ways um, to Aboriginal people. Yeah. So it allowed them to be counted on the consensus. Yeah, we're learning, mm. learning about that now in history. Yeah, yeah. So there was some stuff. He did a big tour around the Aboriginal communities and stuff like that. He did try to do quite a fair bit. Um but really, at the, you know, when you're getting to that time, you've also got, like, Vietnam conflict and stuff like that. So there was a lot of different things yeah. in play there. He was a firm believer in our participation in the Vietnam War um, and actually strengthened the numbers during his during his time. So they, he actually put in a... He took out one of the um, Seoul Infantry Regiments, so one RAR, he took them out, and he put in like a big joint force which had you know, parts of infantry mechanized and all that type of stuff very similar to what they yeah you, they did in east timor and stuff like that the units that deployed were a combination of many things just not you know bulk of infantry yeah so he did that and they actually boosted the, australia's numbers in vietnam at that time uh that's pretty much it for the con for his contributions at that point on 17th of december 1967 he was travelling with some friends to Point Nepean, which is down Melbourne. It's down where the where the the harbour effectively meets the sea. Um, so he was on the way down there to watch Alec Rose, who was a um, a solo sailor, come in through the rip, which is there in through the headlands there, south of Melbourne. On the way, he convinced some friends to stop off. I think it's Chevrolet Chevrolet. Chevrolet Beach. Um, it's like Chevy, but with an OT at the end. For a swim. Oh, no. Yes, I know. He convinced him to have a swim. But it was really rough conditions. 
no one wanted to go in. Only one other person went was going to go in with him, and they only stayed like in the shallows, you know, like knee height or something. Yeah. Harold Holt swam right out, and it is believed he got caught in a rip, and his friends basically washed him get washed out into into the harbour. And then the aliens took him, and then that's where all those conspiracies came from. Mm-hmm. That Australia doesn't exist. Mm. So there was a heap of conspiracies. Yeah. Right? There was a heap. Some say um, the CIA assassinated him in the... Like, the fucking CIA is... I'm just going to wait out here in this fucking tinny in this rough as shit water because i i am got a good hunch Harold Holt, Holt's going to want to stop at the beach and go for a swim. He actually just didn't want to be Prime Minister anymore. Um, and the, now he's this yeah. old mate. Yeah, like they, Living. there was some views that he committed suicide, but there was a lot of people close to him said that wasn't his in his character, and there was nothing that would have contributed to that. Um, people held the view that he he boarded a submarine and defected to China. <laughs> um, if fuck? I if I would have boarded a freaking submarine, I would have got him to take me to like the Maldives or fucking like I don't know, somewhere fucking nice, yeah, <laughs> fucking China. Jesus, you know, book a submarine, you know, go, now take me to China, you know, take me to fucking Hawaii or something, yeah, Fiji or something, somewhere nice. And there was, uh, there was a whole, there was a few other theories around as well that, yeah, you know, there was assassination attempts, there was one wacky view that he didn't drown, that he just wanted to disappear, probably go and work in a servo somewhere for the rest of his life, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. In any rate, it, it sparked what at that point in time was the biggest search and rescue effort that Australia had ever had. Yeah. To try and find him. And they didn't. Not a trace. Fucking useless. Nothing. Although he was one dude in his swimmers. Like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck you're going to find. A pair of budgie smuggles on a beach? I don't know. Like, but, yeah, couldn't find him. Didn't find him. And on the 18th of December, the Governor General terminated Holtz. Uh, ministerial, so he terminated his position as prime minister, um, because he was presumed dead. Yeah. So nobody was ever found. Um, inquiries, many inquiries that they've had have found really fucking nothing. He just went for a swim and disappeared. Yeah. Um. Weird. Bizarre. Not uncommon. It's happened to other people. Um. Everyone thought he was, and he apparently thought he was a good swimmer. Obviously not. Um, my view is that the the dude solo navigating on his boat needed an offsider, so old Holt he went and fucking sailed around the world with him. Uh-huh. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So yeah, he probably cashed out, tapped out, went and sailed. So that's it. That's the end of Harold Holt. Not much to speak of, given that you know you're looking at. You know, just on two years, so not a big term. Yeah. Um, not a lot achieved, except for realizing that he can't swim anywhere near as good as he thinks he can. Yeah. And that is it. That's it. It just ends there. Just ends there. Yep. No more. Um, there were some services and stuff, and they had a funeral and burial for him. But you know, there's no afterlife for Harold Holt. He didn't reappear somewhere in Argentina in a fucking small bungalow or anything like that. Um, he didn't do a Butch Cassidy. He didn't do any of that. He just 
that was the end. Damn. And that's all I've really got. I've got no more other point. Is it? Yeah. And then since then, it was illegal for prime ministers to go swimming in that same spot. Yeah. That spot, <laughs> it's just cursed. It's know? cursed. It, yeah. It's a well, prime minister killer. Well, see, now they travel with so many staff and support people that you you probably wouldn't want to freaking go swimming because you'd have like fucking burly bodyguards trying to come in with you and fucking like yeah you wouldn't get a fucking moment's peace. Yeah. Um they'd probably have to go in and fucking snorkel the the sea first to make sure there's, there's no submarines. There's no submarine or nothing there waiting to take you out or or, or something like a guy with a sniper sitting in his tinny. Yeah, yeah, go you know, <laughs> check out <laughs> Make sure there's no fucking little canoes wobbling about in the sea with some CIA sniper in them, <laughs> or something like that. And the CIA thing's really interesting because he had a very close connection with um, the prime minister, the, not prime minister, president, U.S. president at the time. Yeah. Um. So I don't understand why the CIA would want to do that. I don't understand why they want to go and sit inside fucking the harbour there, and and wait and hope that he fucking comes along. Like. <laughs> Not back then. He's like, they're watching some other direction, like, holy shit, he's over there. Yeah, yeah. Shoot him. Shoot him. <laughs> Shoot him now. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, it's one of those unfortunate ones um, because it's still, you know, an unknown to this day. Yeah. Um, and that's really all I had. I did say it was going to be a short one, and it is, which is okay, which is good. Only 30 uh, minutes. Yeah, only 30 minutes. Only 30 minutes. So what happens when it rains around here. There's nothing interesting. Really isn't. I mean, the most exciting thing was our neighbour Nelly backed his car through our window yeah. of our house because it's on a different level, and he went to reverse his Toyota Camry, which is not an off-road vehicle. Oh, no, it's not a Camry. It's an Orion with a carbon fibre hood. Well, that's probably the problem. It's too much horsepower from that carbon fibre bonnet. Yeah. Well, the, the wrapped bonnet. Still be a steel bonnet, but it's carbon fibre wrapped, I reckon. Yeah. But yeah, he he even tried to let the tire yeah. pressure down, and but it did no grip in the thing. Um, and and I went to help him, and yeah, I'm like, you might want to just you want me to get my discovery, and I'll just like tow you out. He's like, oh no, we've got the four wheel drive in the garage. The mother fucking four wheel drive out, and he got the Camry ain't gonna get itself out of there. <laughs> <laughs> it was like down. It was it, the, the front. Yeah. The front guard was nearly sitting on the no, front bumper was nearly sitting on the the brick wall. Yeah. Like it was buried. Yeah, you can literally on his hood. You can literally see there's a bubble. Yeah. From the shit job of wrapping. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, I, I think it was wrapped just to probably hold the bonnet together or cover up a dint. Or cover something. up the rust. Yeah, yeah. The the doors will be wrapped soon to cover up all the scratches. <laughs> but that's really the. The, yeah. the, the peak excitement. There yeah. was going to be a Kami last night, but it's too raining and yeah. fuel prices went up again and everything. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be doing one on Friday mm-hmm. in a new Friday. spot because DFO's off limits now. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. So we'll see how long it takes for this. Random place. fucking parking lot on south side. Yeah. Yeah. Had, had probably one of the best spots to set up and have a decent meet there at DFO and lost it. Yeah. But because of hoons. Yeah. Yeah, and that happens. It happens in any of them. You you 
gonna have a car meet. You, you, you're gonna have hoons. The only people who should be legally allowed to hoon is the Mexican hoon cartel. Everyone else yep. needs to just stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've got nothing on them, right? Because you, you can't do what they can do. So you must just stop. Yeah. And just drive like normal and, and leave the real stuff to this the is, professionals. There's this one video that went <laughs> a little bit viral and it was like, I think it was a BA Falcon wagon maybe or something mm, mm. and the guy's like got the Mexican flag out the window just, just doing like doughies around the cop <laughs> it was a Mexican hoon cartel I think it was just some random fucking bloke just some random bloke trying yeah. to be like a fucking copycat or something or trying yeah. to be but then the, the problem cop. there with hoons is that like the cops just assume it's every it, like the hoons get these shit box fucking stock falcons and commodores mm. but then they're like oh this guy's got a multicolored wrapped Nissan Z, yeah. he must be one of those fucking hoons. Yeah, yeah. If I was a cop, I'd be looking at every single stock Falcon and Commodore and assuming that they're a hoon and going and stopping yeah. them from parking in places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just the that's just the normal mentality of the one size fits all thing. Like, explain to me how a slammed Japanese car that's front wheel drive is going to be doing burnouts in reverse. <laughs> I mean, there was that one Integra, <laughs> but. Yeah, but it's 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 silly that that you know that they they place everyone in the same category. Like, what are they going to do next? If I put like a loud exhaust on my Skoda, I'm going to be considered <laughs> one of those hoons. Yeah, you're doing doughies and stuff in your front wheel drive 1.2 liter. <laughs> I reckon it would stall trying to be the first time go around. It would just <laughs> the the safety features are kicking and going. Oh, I'm not doing this. Yeah, this ain't working. Um, so yeah. I, I, I I don't think they they comprehend the differences. They just go, "Duh, your car's slammed and it's got it's loud, therefore you're a hoon." But then the hoon cars aren't even like yeah. loud or quantified or anything. No, no, they're just they're just <laughs> it's just Australian design. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just it's hoon car. It's, it's, yep, it's the crude Australian design, and. You know, the rough way it's engineered makes it perfect for those types of things. You know, you're trying to get out of a driveway and it's wet and up, oh, you just did fucking 10 dollies and yeah. a mad skid and you're being arrested. Yep. And your car's being crushed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which I reckon they shouldn't be allowed to crush any cars that are, like, rare. Yeah. Like, if it's an AU, <laughs> well, whatever. Um, like a billion of them. But if it's, like, something that's rare, it shouldn't be allowed to. I think yeah. it should be a crime in itself. Uh, I've seen videos where they crush, like, Skylines, but it's not even, like, a GTR. It's just fucking Yanan's four-door fucking <laughs> Skyline. There's a yeah. billion of them sitting in Japan. Yeah. And people are like, this is so sad. Um, w- What would Paul Walker think of this? <laughs> what the fuck? He'd go, it's a shitty fucking four-door. <laughs> <laughs> the engine's fucking less powerful than, like, the Skoda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. It's, yeah, like, yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. No. It's just because they're expensive, you know. And mm. now I'm going to go start ranting about JDM cars being too expensive, but I'm going to stop myself. No, all cars are too expensive at the moment. It's just the market. It's just how it is. Yeah. Um. Even freaking, like, shitty cars that were only worth about four grand, you, you know, a fair while ago are now, you know, eight, nine, or ten grand. Oh, um, yeah. It's ridiculous. I MX5 prices pissed me off so much. I looked on Gumtree. There was one for five grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably in the floods. Yep. The whole re-rend was off. 
Um, the fucking front was bashed up for five grand. Yeah. There's fucking Toyota Yaris's that have more power than a Miata. Mm. And are cheaper. Yeah. And a better condition. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it doesn't have pop-ups. Yes, it isn't a cool JDM Mazda Miata. But, but it's better in every single possible or what, possible fucking way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why? They, they're just so expensive for no reason. Yeah, it does. Other just... than them being Japanese. I hate it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I can't remember what else I've seen. I've seen something else. And it was like, you know, classic JDM. And I can't fucking remember what it was. But I looked at it and went, no, it's not. Like, it's JDM. Yes, it's... It's it's, it's Japanese. But it's, it's not JDM. It's Japanese. But it's not. Like classic JDM. What was it? Just like a fucking. Fuck knows. I think it was like. Two thousand two, two thousand two four door Skyline. No, it was not even fucking that. It was like a fucking early two thousands Corolla or something. <laughs> like it was just shit. It's like your Nana's car. It's like this. It's not. That's not JDM. It, my mother does not have a JDM car. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a fucking shitty Corolla. And um, I see, like, you know, I think probably one of the biggest ones is, like, uh, the R33, mm. you know, a really pretty iconic taillights. Yeah. With the, with the four-door versions, they had this other type of taillights. Mm-hmm. And it just looks so shit. Like, the whole trim of that car looks shit. Mm. Four-door does not look good on the R33s. It's got, like, an RB20 or some shit, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yep. But they make them the same price as, like, a fucking brand new car like yeah, yeah. It, it's the worst R33 you can get it's Japanese not actual JDM probably mm. but it's still so expensive yeah but why there's plenty of cars that are so expensive the the Ford dealership has that XR6 I was telling you about I think it's like an FGX or something XR6 I is think the last one yeah yeah um, oh, yeah those are expensive but it's just a stock XR6. Yeah. Like, like ten years ago, it wouldn't have been anywhere near that that equivalent value. I think there are. I think ten years ago, the XR6s. Well, not the FGX. Not the FGX, oh. but any XR6. Like years ago, an XR6 was a little bit more than. Well, XR6s set. are still cheap. If you get like a BA or or there's a few FGs yeah, yeah. that are like five grand. Yeah, but th- like. For that thing to be, the only good thing about that car was its Brembo brake pad, uh, brake uh, calipers were painted gold. Wow! So I assume they're genuine gold, given the car's seventy thousand dollars. Seventy thousand, <laughs> Jesus! Was it like a special edition? Mm, like a didn't, didn't seem anything special. Just no. had standard XR6 badge on the side. Nothing special on the front. No. All, Standard rims. Which with the the normal XR6s, which type of barrier do they have? Do they have a three ten? I don't know. Because oh. then sure. you know you could, if you, oh, excuse me, if you really wanted to, you could then spend seventy grand on that and spend a few extra grand on turbo, and then you would have a fast car. Yeah, but it's still like seventy grand. Well, they didn't have a, you... they didn't have a fast car with gold brake calipers. True. Gold Brembo brake calibers. That, that would make it stop three times quicker than any other standard car that, out there. That might be pure gold. Yeah, yeah. They, they must be for the $70,000 price tag. Yeah. There's nothing else on the car that was worth seventy grand. Um, But it was at a Ford dealership, so that's why it's seventy. Yeah. Because factory dealerships charge way too much for their cars. 
They had like a $100,000 Land Cruiser. It was probably about six years old. There's, um, at the Toyota dealer up the road, there's like a, I think it's, I don't know if it's a Nero or not, but it's like a Land Cruiser or something. It's like 130k. Mm. Like, you can buy a fucking supercar for that. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's, and that's typical of all Toyotas. And then old mate gets it for his fucking family car, like. Yeah, buys a, what? buys a big massive Land Cruiser and just drives it to the fucking shops and to soccer practice and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Capable of crossing the fucking desert and the furthest it goes is across the car park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy at the moment. I don't think it's going, to any, it's going to improve anytime soon. I reckon those prices will stay high probably for another year or two. Yeah. Before they, before everything starts to crash. But, yeah. Never know what the elections can do. Yeah, what if that mm-hmm. car party gets in and then all cars are cheaper by half price and fuel mm. is cheap and yeah. tuning is legal and mm. street races and oh my god, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, there won't be any food anywhere. Um, there won't be any power or any functioning government, but you'll be able to chuck a doughy. The, the, the traffic lights will change and the street signs will change. Roundabouts will just become like compulsory one lap doughy. Maneuvers through gotta, a roundabout. Yeah, you got to drift through them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't take the first exit. You got to take at least the fifth. You know, sets of lights. There'll be like a a, a pre light so you can warm your tires. Yeah. Bit of a burnout before they go green. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're all set up as drag. They'll be set up as drag lights. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. That'd be funny. That'd be funny on Gimpy Road. Yeah. Just have all these fucking <laughs> nanas trying to fucking load up their little fucking oh, Hyundai's. Fuck <laughs> I've got to show these fucking V8s, my fucking NA four cylinder. Yep, yep. See how we go. All right. Well, that's enough ranting. We did an extra twelve minutes or so ranting. That's yep. pretty good. Yep. That's added value, value you wouldn't normally get. So there you go. That's it. That's it. We don't really have much else on notes. So nothing else. No, nothing. No further rants. No. Okay. Saving for next week? Yeah. All right. Good stuff. All right. Well, we will depart there. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya. Goodbye.